Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We've got a great guest all the way from New York City. Welcome to the show, Yona Weiss. Thank you, Victor. It's my pleasure to be here. Great to have you here. So, Yona, you're relatively new as an investor, but you've been in the world of real estate investing in different roles for a number of years. Today, focused primarily on cost segregation. Why don't you give us a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey? Yeah, just a, a little bit. Uh, we, you know, I I love real estate, and but I kind of fell into it about five years ago. My background is in teaching, so I've been a teacher for a number of years, close to twenty years, and when I was kind of stumbling around looking for some additional income, something else, maybe a new profession of some kind, real estate kind of was the the obvious uh, answer. So I did a little brokering, some commercial mortgages for a little while, did some fix and flips. And then one thing led to another, just through networking and, you know, just incredible connections. I wound up at this company that I'm working for now for the past three years doing cost segregation, which to me is not like, you know, whoa, yeah, that's a great, you know, way to get into real estate, right? But but what ended up happening was they were looking for someone who kind of fit my skill sets in the business development of the company. And I love to teach and ended up being my main role is just teaching, really. So I'm sharing a, a cost segregation, which is like this kind of tax strategy tool that is just clouded in mystique and just clearing that up for as many people as possible. I love that. And it's such a powerful tool that when used properly can really take a property from one that is just an okay investment to one that allows you to pull out a lot of money tax-free. So you can take that cash flow and as opposed to paying tax on that residue, you can get that out tax-free. And there's been a lot of rule changes in the last couple of years that listeners really need to know about. Absolutely, yeah. So what are some of the top things? I know uh, in the 2017 changes to the tax code, there were uh, things like bonus depreciation that were brought into play. Uh, All of this relies upon cost segregation in order to take advantage of it, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. So bonus depreciation is probably the biggest change in the tax code with regards to real estate that's probably happened in the past, uh, you know, three, four decades which allows people to take a huge amount of tax deduction in the first year of ownership of property, which is basically unfathomable. I mean, if we're talking about 20 to 30 to even 40% of the purchase price of a building as a, as a first year tax write-off, which you know, if you're putting down a, a 20% on a commercial property, you're basically doubling your, your tax de- write-off, your tax deduction on, on what you spent. Absolutely. So when we talk about cost segregation, we talk about taking a property and dividing it up into its constituent parts, all of which depreciate on different schedules. Obviously, land doesn't depreciate, but the improvements do. So take us through a little bit of the thought process of how that all works. It's just like you said, you know, we have depreciation. It's kind of a a tax deduction based on the fact that things go down in value as time goes on, um, or really the principle, if you will, because when you buy a new building, you actually get to depreciate, quote unquote, that building from scratch. Like if you bought a building that was built in 1972, um, 
you get to start over today, if you buy it in 2020, a schedule of 27 and a half years where you can actually write off the entire value of that property, uh, except for the land value, like you mentioned, doesn't depreciate. So what we're doing with cost segregation is just breaking down that value, that cost that you paid for the building and segregating it out into different components that depreciate on different schedules or faster schedules. Essentially allowing you to take those you know, huge cash deduction, uh, cash tax write-offs in the earlier years. So the thinking is, let's say, for example, if you've got a rental apartment building, you might have a refrigerator that will depreciate faster than, say, the roof or the windows or the structure. Exactly. So anything that's structural, that's really what depreciates on a 27 and a half year or a 39-year schedule for commercial property. And th- what structural is considered, like, like you said, the roof, windows, doors, f- you know, floor, walls, uh, et cetera, main plumbing, main electrical, all that's considered structural. And that's usually going to be the bulk, the main uh, of the building. However, when we look at the components, things that depreciate on a faster schedule, like personal property, things like you mentioned, appliances, refrigerators, furniture, equipment of any kind, fixtures, even carpeting or cabinets, countertops, things like that, that are seemingly, you know, affixed to the building, but really can be movable. And they're not essential, integral to the the structural. All of that stuff depreciates on a five-year schedule, which means cost irrigation comes into play Have an engineer identify the you know, what's in there, what's in the building, what all these different components are, find the value of them, and then take the tax write-off of those values at that faster rate. Is there a property that obviously doing a cost segregation study involves an outlay of money, you're hiring consultants, you're doing a bunch of work. Is there a property that's too small to warrant a cost segregation study? I think there is when, since it's, it's a percentage um, of tax deduction of the property value, it really has to do more with the value or the purchase price more than the type of property. Um, there are certain types of property, however, that may have less of those. So to answer that question, perhaps a warehouse would have much lesser uh, benefit in the cost segregation because there's really little little there, um, little that exists in the property besides for the actual, uh, you know, walls and, and, and windows and et cetera. Right, right. So something like that, or if you were buying a little, you know, single story bungalow that, you know, for $80,000 in the Midwest, that might not warrant a cost, cost segregation study. But if you have a multifamily building or anything like that, you're probably in the territory where it would be worth doing. Yeah, exactly. And, and just to reiterate the, the price point, um, since it's really a percentage of the tax savings of that purchase price, I rarely recommend doing it on any property purchase for under a half a million dollars. You can, you can get benefit there, but when you start adding up what the tax benefit is, let's say it's a, a 20% of that purchase price um, or that basis, which is the purchase price minus the land, you're getting into you know, the, the difference between the fees for conducting the study and the actual tax, but after tax benefit is going to be minimal. So not usually worthwhile, but any property larger than that, it's, it's pretty much, you know, a no brainer. I mean, there's so much uh, tax benefit involved. It makes more sense. And it's just multiplied by the, by the value. Uh, you know, if you have a $10 million, $20 million building, it's just ridiculous millions of dollars of tax benefit. I love that. So what typically is the timeline for doing a cost segregation study? Is this something that's done in a matter of weeks or is it a bit of a longer process? 
It can be done in a matter of weeks. In fact, we're um, currently in my company, Madison Specs, we're, we're pivoting to create some uh, streamlined processes that will get us to, to be doing this in, in a matter of days uh, with some software we've been developing over the past year uh, that will allow us to really price out the assets and, and do a lot of the, the, the legwork that our engineers do at a much faster rate. So that's, you know, a lot of people get it done immediately upon acquisition, which means so they can take advantage of the tax benefits in the first year. And you, you have to plan. It's going to take at least a few weeks, I would say, at this point to, to complete it. Now, some properties, you purchase the land outright. In other cases, there's a ground lease. Is there any restriction on doing a cost seg study if you've got a ground lease? The only restriction on a ground lease uh, would be you know, what exactly you own. Okay. So there's, you know, if you own the building, well, I guess there's, there's really two, two different ways to look at a ground lease. If you're buying a, a building as a ground lease, then you just have that time period as opposed to the 27 and a half or 39 year schedule. Let's say you have a 20 year ground lease. So you only have 20 years uh, to depreciate the property. So you really actually get more benefit that way if you look at if you're having a short-term hold because you get to front load a lot more to a shorter amount of time. So the, the building structure would be on a shorter period of time. That's the only difference. However, if you're looking from the other direction, if you buy, uh, let's say a shopping center with a ground lease, but you, you don't actually own the building, you know, you're just, you just own the, the land. In that case, you know, that type of ground lease, you would, um, you actually have not just land, but you have the land improvements. And that's something that gets overlooked a lot of times when it comes to depreciation is land improvements, which depreciate on a 15 year schedule, which means it's accelerated. It's a faster schedule. Cost segregation can help with that. And the bonus depreciation you mentioned earlier allows you to take the entire amount of that in the first year as a tax deduction. So land improvements would be like landscaping or concrete pavements, you know, fencing, retaining walls, anything outside of the building, anything outside of the property. So like in a shopping center, uh, you have a huge parking lot or, you know, huge signage and things like that. All those things, the value of that is uh, a large amount can be depreciated faster. I love it. Well, Yona, folks want to get in touch if they want to learn more. What's the best way? Best way to find me is actually on LinkedIn. Um, I'm very, very active on that platform. Or you can go to yonaweiss.com and look me up over there. Well, definitely reach out to Yona. That's Yona Weiss, Y-O-N-A-H-W-E-I-S-S dot com. So definitely reach out to Yona there or on LinkedIn. And thanks for sharing your thoughts with us today. And for the listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.